Hello and welcome to the Unmasked podcast. Um, I'm here today with my guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chris Pescod. Yep, so you're a, a worker for the NHS, which is pretty topical. It's useful. I certainly am. So um, I've just uh, invited Chris here today to talk about COVID again and uh, the COVID conspiracies. A lot of talks around COVID, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, just dive straight into it. Mm. One the uh, one of the first conspiracies I heard about was the lab theory. Now this comes from an article on the Scientific American that I read. Okay. And uh, it was pretty much split. They had nine myths, and a couple of myths were uh, outlined as conspiracy theories, and the lab theory was number one. And I remember at the start of the pandemic the the lab theory was the most popular i remember having discussions with a lot of people including yourself mm-hmm. about the fact that it could have been made in a lab yes the i think the confusion of the world health organization um and various governments i think it created a bit of a panic about coronavirus and um i think the the lab theory had substance at first i don't know how you feel about it where did you first hear it well, I first heard it online, which, I mean, you can take that any way you want, really. Mm. There's a lot of uh, dubious news sites, and you have yes, to use your own judgment. But um, I think it, it started hitting mainstream television a couple of weeks after it was first reported, and there was a lot of people having uh, discussions about the lab theory. Um, since then... There's been counter-arguments from scientists uh, claiming that the lab theory is rubbish mm. because there's strains that have been, you know, linked to, um, well, throughout history, really, to, to nature. Was somebody trying to develop it for a reason? Yeah, that's a, a lab strain. That's a, um, that's a very good question. You, re- I mean... You could argue that maybe China tried to make this in a in case of like an Armageddon scenario, yeah, yeah. and they wanted to uh to have it as a backup weapon. I mean, I, I think I remember reading that the the U.S. and Russia have samples of smallpox that they contain mm-hmm. in case of a uh, in case they want chemical warfare, they'll release them. Yeah, and when you think about what things that have happened in the past, it's not beyond the realms of possibility for for somebody to do that. To um, to try to sort of uh, develop such a weapon, <clears throat> and we've know what's happened. You know things that have happened in the past, where nations have have done this for a reason. Mm-hmm. So what do I think of it? Well, it's certainly plausible. Um, like all conspiracy theories, uh, they have elements that are totally unbelievable, but there's always a grain of truth, I guess. Um. I would I would agree with that. I personally think that I could definitely see quite a few countries uh, after an after a bit of instability in the world. Um I think the idea of creating a a virus, for example, in this case anyway, to to spread throughout the world and cripple things like the economy and get people to lose jobs. Yeah, it certainly um certainly achieved that objective or it's on the way I would think. I think that um that this theory transitions into my second one I have here is the uh the global elite 
the the one percent you could say have uh, purposely spread this to yeah. benefit from it through wealth and power and Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, the founder, he made a, a record, I think it was $13 billion in a single day. On what? What was... That, uh... So that was oh, that was just profits. That's through the, the prices of Amazon rising through uh, stocks and shares as well. Oh, okay. You know, through the, the selling of commerce on the website. So... 13, 13 billion was the profit. So we made more than that. But obviously you mean the, more people using online shopping? So more people used it because of lockdown. Right, okay. And that created the, the profit. Yeah, I can see. I can see how that would work. And uh, also there was, a, there was a movie that was created by Judy Mikovits. Okay. And she created um, the movie Plandemic. And it was a, a documentary about how Bill Gates wanted to microchip people, put vaccines, yeah, uh, well, give them vaccines, COVID vaccines, and then tr- be able to track and trace. Now, this is where it everyone. starts to get a bit far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> That's in, I think everyone's entitled opinion. I can definitely see that. And um, I think, if I remember rightly, Minkovitz has had a couple of uh, reports, scientific reports, sort of uh, shot down by the scientific community mm. and rejected. So I, I, I believe that the, the microchipping in the vaccines is a bit far, but I think everybody's, you, with conspiracy theories, you really got to pick and choose. Yeah, some of the, some of the big conspiracy theories um, people were laughed out of, and, and some of these things came to be true, um, but I should imagine folks were, uh, were laughed out of the room when they first mentioned it so, so yeah, yeah. keep an open mind I suppose I think with with all of this sort of power loss and you know people are losing money and businesses are, are going out of control it's leaving a lot of people with loads of questions and no answers so mm. these conspiracies become you know believable almost in a sense at least more of them sort of sway that way than before because you're more desperate sort of for any answer to cling on to something I mean I heard one about um, it being the priority being to um, control people mm-hmm. to uh, to exercise control over certain behaviours in society by stopping people doing it under the name of you know a medical cause so yeah I guess once you start thinking about these things power behind it is is always a factor I suppose so I um I referenced a couple of surveys here. One's an American survey and one's a survey by Oxford. So both of these are to do with members of the public and what they think about COVID-19, if any conspiracy sort of meet uh, any sort of truths, you could say, mm-hmm. if there's any truth in these conspiracies, or if for the UK one, if there was any, if it was a hoax, pretty much. Mm. Um, so the first one, the American one, was created by the Pew Research Center, and they've they've they're award winning in their in their sort of area. I think it's the Peabody Prize. Okay. That's what they won. That's for statisticians, and there was ninety five. Well, ninety six hundred people were surveyed, and twenty five percent of the U S. surveyors are pro COVID conspiracy. 
So they believe that a conspiracy within an area of COVID, whether it be lab, yeah, globally... Some, some deliberate setting of the yeah. virus, yeah. So that's a, a quarter of the 9,600, and 5% of that uh, 25% are saying, well, yeah, mm. definitely. Right. So, so there's 20 certain. that are sort of could say it, yeah. and 5% say it's... Really certain. convinced of it, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, I mean, you see that, you, you, you look at a, a place, a country like America... Um, who've been through a, a lot of turmoil, you could say, mm. over the past few months, and you you think, yeah, that's America, but that's that's not the United Kingdom, it's not us. And when you when you find out that Oxford did a similar survey, um, yes, it was twenty five hundred people. You know, it's less, considerably less than the US one, mm-hmm. but of that twenty five hundred, there was still twenty percent. That's the fifth who said, I believe COVID is a hoax. That's surprising. So obviously I don't know whether the survey was a ticky box, yes, it's a hoax, no, yeah. it's not a hoax. Right. But Yeah, it depends on the question you ask, I suppose. And but at the, same, at the same time, it's still, there's still a chunk of the 2,500. Mm. And if you really start to think about blowing it up and if, if the survey was, was bigger... And then you obviously get more and more people who believe in COVID's a hoax. And I think as every day, you know, it stretches on, you get these new guidelines and, you know, things are changing constantly going back and forth. I think those numbers could just go up because it does, it almost, it, for some people, it doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. You know, whether you get COVID yourself or whether, you know, one year family gets COVID or, you know, you're losing money or you can't go on holiday. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be, for, for most people, a lot of downsides and not much upside unless you're a, a rich <laughs> billionaire making <laughs> record-breaking amounts of, of profit in a, in a day. So, I don't know. W- would, you say, would you say, like, how would you say COVID has impacted you as an individual? Um, yeah, the line of work I'm in, I'm a, a qualified nurse. <clears throat> And uh, we work into hospitals and our work is directly affected by um, hospital beds, availability, um, mm. personal protection equipment. Uh, that makes everybody work in a different way and um, and trying to care for patients and, and not transmit the disease on top of the, the care that you're trying to give. It's, it's totally changed the landscape of um, the, end, the way the NHS works and puts a considerable... Um, strain on the finances um, and the budgets that we mm. use so yeah it just seems that money's going into a large black hole at the moment and there's a lot of uncertainty about yeah. how things are going to to pan out for the NHS and for its patients well I'd just like to finish this podcast with asking you a question mm. so originally I in my previous podcast I said to my other guest, if you could say one thing to Boris Johnson or give one bit of advice, what would you give? But obviously Boris Johnson, you could argue, isn't in control as much as someone like Matt Hancock, who's the, the health secretary. So if you could give, it, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be advice. You could mm-hmm. just say, you could just say, well, I, d- I think you're doing a, a bad job. <laughs> no, I think um, I've got some quite strong opinions about this. So I, I would say he really needs to when he makes a decision, 
have some reason behind it and stick by the decision you make instead of chop change mm-hmm. the public he's losing the public yeah um, and the public confidence by just making it up as he goes along in my opinion he needs to be firmer come mm-hmm. up with a policy that he really believes in and it's backed by the science and then stick with it and make it work instead of just reacting that would be it hmm. <laughs> well thank you very much for your time thanks mate I want to Very interesting. Uh, thank you. I want to say thank you for listening and I'll see you in the future with another podcast on a different topic. Thank you very much.